to Chew Gum, where we analyze the worldviews of some of the biggest things in pop culture. My name is Chike. And my name is James. Happy July 4th, everybody. Yeah, yeah. We Happy are birthday, America. The best Pride Month of all <laughs> is America's Pride. Oh, gosh. We're, <laughs> we didn't get canceled from the last episode, so we're good. Surprisingly. Surprisingly, because... We didn't have a whole lot of lessons on that one. Not a look, look at our I, analytics. We yeah. didn't get it a lot of oh, really? it. But maybe we'll get more. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. How maybe people were over it. I know. You got any big plans for the fourth? We're actually recording this before the fourth, so that's why I'm asking. Do I have anything? Uh, no. It's just the sun stays out too late, so I don't know if we're actually going to have time to watch fireworks. That's true. And the kids got to go to bed. Yeah. I'm not trying to keep them up that late. Last, fireworks last year, we did wake up our kid. You did? Yeah, to go watch fireworks. and well, Was that yeah. a big mistake? No, it was good. <laughs> it was just, I, I don't think he was yeah, fully. Well, he, he, was just, he was just kind of looking like, at it. Why would he care? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. But yeah, so hopefully y'all are having the best day. Hopefully it's not super hot. Yep. Um, hopefully you're enjoying your Grimace shakes. Oh, oh <laughs> dude, that was gross if you don't know what the grimace is look it up but today we have a fun episode we're gonna we're gonna cascade down we're gonna start a little bit more lighthearted and then get into a very fun topic that i'm sure everyone has heard of because it circles around in our pop culture sphere all the time but beginning of this episode we're gonna i'm gonna give you some fun and interesting facts about july 4th kind of like i did for our thanksgiving episode yeah to some things that you may know or you may not know, but so let's we'll do that and then we will the meat of this episode is gonna be talking about Christian nationalism. And there's a lot to say because anytime someone hears that word, depending on who you ask, there is a different definition that every person brings up. And we're gonna dive into some of those definitions today. Anything else you wanna say before I give you some cold hard facts about july 4th dude bring it let's do it so the first fact i got up here is john adams actually believed that july 4th should have been on july the 2nd he actually wrote to his wife abigail that july 2nd will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival and that the celebration should include pop pomp and parade games sports guns bells bonfires and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other so in a sense, he's right because we do do that on the 4th. He just got it wrong. He's got the wrong day. Yeah. He thought it was going to be July 2nd. He's not a prophet. He's not He's not a prophet. <laughs> so I think he was pretty bummed that it was not on the 2nd, but on the 4th, uh, which the 4th is the Continental Congress formally adopted the Declaration of Independence, which I think I remember hearing a joke a long time ago is that the Declaration of Independence is basically the greatest breakup letter of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Like, Dear King George, it's not you, is us. We yeah. just can't. We're not vibing right this now. This isn't working. This isn't working now. Yeah. Let's just we just cut it, cut it loose, and we good. We good, right? We good. Uh so yeah, yeah. It was largely written by Thomas Jefferson. And though the vote for actual independence took place on July 2nd, which is why John Adams thought it was gonna be on July 2nd. And then on the fourth became the day that it was celebrated as the birth of the American independence. But it wasn't actually signed all the way until August 2nd, 1776. So oh, we're all wrong yeah. by celebrating on July 4th. So August 2nd, that's the real American Independence Day. Because all we know, if you sign a contract or anything, it's not fully finished until you sign that paper, baby. That's right. Until you do the paperwork. Yeah. You, until you do the paperwork, it ain't fully signed. So right. Jul- August 2nd, I'll be celebrating. <laughs> celebrate hey, twice. Yeah. Celebrate the whole month of July and... August. Yeah. Uh, another interesting thing is that it wasn't until five years after our victory over the British in the Revolutionary War that the Articles of Confederation, the first version, which was which was was to become the U.S. Constitution, was ratified by Congress. Since the Constitution is actually defined, it was what actually defined our form of government and set boundaries on what laws could and couldn't do. It's arguable that we weren't actually born as a country until 1789. That's right. So if you are wearing a 1789 shirt, you are correct. I don't think anyone is, but maybe I should start a shirt shop that says 1789, like a pro-America shop <laughs> that just has 1789. <laughs> like I should say July 2nd, 1789. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll see. It's like, you don't know. I got the real dates. I got That's it right, right here. Yep. Um, We've all been tricked. Yeah. What's crazy also is that they used to hold mock funerals for King George III. <laughs> Some colonists oh, did wow. during that day. So that's pretty dark. That is dark. Um, but then we actually didn't get July 4th as a federal holiday until 1870. What? Yeah. They didn't get their stuff together for 100 years. I know. But then years. in 1941... 1941, the provision was expanded to grant a paid holiday to all federal employees. So we didn't even get, they didn't even get paid holidays until way later, <laughs> until the 40s. It's crazy. The taxes. Um, it's yeah. When, it's probably when they racked up taxes. Probably. On the American people and they gave them paid holidays. It's always a racket. Only so you can buy all your hot Just, dogs. <laughs> Which is actually, you buy a lot of hot dogs. It's actually estimated that each year, an estimated 150 million hot dogs which, if laid out horizontally, would stretch from Washington, D.C. Washington, to Los Angeles, Los Angeles more than five times. Oh, wow. That's a lot of hot dogs. That's a lot of hot dogs. Not really that much of a hot dog person. Hold on, but it's just how many are purchased. How many are purchased. But not eaten. No. All right. Yeah. I think people, they overbuy food. Yeah. Oh, they totally yeah. overbuy, especially hot dogs. Yeah. I enjoy a good hot dog, but not... I like, yeah, I like a good Frank... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But not like your standard hot dog that you buy cheap at Walmart. <laughs> so we're not shopping at Target right now. <laughs> the Target boycott remains till they, get, till they get it together. No Bud Light, no Target. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Um, let's see. One interesting point that uh, is a little bit not as lighthearted, but on July 4th, 1934. Leo Silizard filed a patent application for the atomic bomb. In his, in his application, he described not only as the basic concept of using neutron-induced uh, chain reaction to create explosion, but also the key concept, concept of the critical mass. So it was awarded to him, and which legally made him the inventor of the atomic bomb. So that mm. was on a July 4th, 1934. So interesting tidbit in case you wanted to know mm. that. Uh, there's also a bunch of firework-related injuries that happen, so beware of all the fireworks. I saw I saw a video uh, just the other day. I think I sent it to you of, like, this family oh, out yeah. in the street. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. And they light the firework. It doesn't, like, it goes off, but then you see over in the corner that it starts lighting off all the other fireworks. And there's oh, kids yeah. present in oh, this yeah. video. Like, this mom very rightly grabs her baby out of the chair, and they're dude. like, going off this has happened yeah, yeah it happened to you didn't yeah it, it happened to me Gosh. not because i set off anything it was just one of the oh so do you want to recite the, the, the situation story? yeah okay so Tell people the no. story they want to know so usually you put your fireworks in a little tube metal yeah. tube and it shoots up in the sky yeah well one of them dropped but underneath the tube like underneath this table that they're shooting off of had all the fireworks Oh no! So it fell into the box oh, of no. all the fireworks. So it started going off behind this little shield that they moved, like. At least had a shield. Yeah, but it, yeah, right. <laughs> so someone can stand behind it, shoot it off, and then yeah. But the problem was, was it was curving around the shield, coming. And you're towards, in a neighborhood, right? Oh yeah, we were in a neighborhood. Oh my gosh! And so we were people. People didn't know what was going on, so we're like jumping over couches because we brought couches out onto this lawn, oh and gosh. we're jumping over couches. Hit the deck. Yeah, hit the, yeah, that's basically what happened. And then people's lawns were caught on fire. So we were running around with hoses. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Oh, yeah. You'll America. never forget. America. <laughs> America. So be careful <laughs> shooting off your fireworks. If you're going to do the big ones, make sure you do it in some big open fields. That's right. Uh, be wary. I mean, even in the fireworks shows, like the ones that I've seen in our town, um, there are some crazy ones where they have at the very end of it, like giant fireballs go off at the very end. It gets super hot, man. It's crazy. So be aware of all the firework things that happens. Um, one of the things that I love to do on July 4th, and it's a great tradition of mine, is watching Independence Day, the movie, every year oh. on July 4th. You know, Will Smith and, uh, gosh, Jeff Goldblum yes. fighting aliens. So... I watched that movie after every, every all TVs became HD. Yeah. And then it, when they're in that little control room with all the dials. Oh, yeah. When you look at it, it's so fake. It is very. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so fake. fake. Yeah. But 
when you're younger and you were you watching that, you were just like, oh my goodness, that's an amazing room. Yeah, I had the DVD when it came out and it was really cool. So, you know when DVDs had menus and they oh, had yeah, the, like, right. the really cool stylized menus <laughs> and that one was basically a control room. When you uh, showed up the menu on a yeah. DVD, man! Shout out to DVDs, DVDs, and menus, man. That was that was that's a forgotten time. Gosh, I miss DVDs. No, I don't. I actually don't miss DVDs. No, now you can just hit yeah. the switch of a button. And well, we don't own anything. We stream everything. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, you will own nothing, and you will be happy. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's for another episode. That's for oh yeah, but yeah, Independence Day, man. That's a fun movie. I love it. If you have not watched Independence Day, give it a chance today oh yeah go and find it it's available there's a sequel i never saw it but i heard it was bad. <gasps> there's a sequel? there was a sequel oh no yeah i know there was a sequel where they basically use all because the ships crashed at mm. the end of the movie uh-huh. so they repurpose all the alien technology into a better society i don't know what happens in the movie and then the aliens are like i want it back but essentially will smith's son takes the role of Will Smith because he's like an Air Force pilot or something. I don't know. Oh. I never saw it. I refuse to see it because I, I, I want to keep that fresh, that the original in my mind with one of the greatest presidential speeches on July 4th. And I wish I had it with me. Otherwise, I could recite it because it is, it's great. <laughs> it's such a great speech. Sometimes I just watch that speech on yeah. its own because it's so good. Oh my gosh. All right. Best presidential speech I've ever heard out of any president <laughs> ever. Real or fictional? <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was any other fictional president speeches that I'd be like, oh, that was a really good speech. It's better than JFK's speech, in my opinion. It's my opinion. I'm yeah. kidding. I mean, would you say? I mean, JFK is probably up in the what top five? Yeah, top, top five presidential yeah. speeches of all time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know your top five presidential speeches. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but that's some fun. If you can facts. even find five. If you can find five. Ooh. Ooh. Good. Ooh. Shout out. We have, we have enough. <laughs> anyway, without dogging on presidents, <laughs> let's talk about what you all are here to, to listen about, listen to. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, Christian nationalism. Oh. What is it? How is it defined? What are people talking about? Why is it such a big deal? And what does the Bible say about this? And how should and we think about it? If you listen to our voting episode, you kind of already know how we feel about how we should operate as Christians in our nation, which James and I both agree that we love living in America. America is a great nation. We are blessed and proud to be in a country where we can speak so openly and so freely. And not get canceled. And not get canceled. Hey. Yeah. So it's it's great that we can just do this without fear of repercussions where other countries don't have that ability to do that, especially in the realms of Christianity where there are tons of people around the world that are being persecuted on the daily Mm -hmm. like real persecution like threats of jail time and death that are just trying to preach the gospel so we are we recognize our privilege and our and our blessing about living in this country so that's great but there's a difference between patriotism and nationalism and everything therein so james how would we define what is a good definition to kind of kick us off into what Christian nationalism is. Well, okay. So as I was doing tons of my research on this stuff, a ton of it. There is so many people who wanted a way into what this really meant. Um, I don't know if I should go into some really bad ones first and then go into a really good working definition. Let's do like a a good working definition to kind of give us a baseline. And then we can talk about the bad takes. So this specific definition comes from a professor of international affairs at Georgetown University School of Foreign Service and author of Religion of American Greatness. What's wrong with Christian nationalism? He's actually a opponent of Christian nationalism, but he gives a really good definition. I think he spent a good amount of time. Yeah, I think out of all the ones I've seen, and you sent this to me, I was yeah. like, all right, I can see... This is a good representation of what I think this ideal is. Yeah. So his name is Paul Miller. Yep. I don't know if he's a doctor or not, but Paul Miller. Dr. Paul. Dr. Paul. (laughs) And Dr. Paul describes Christian nationalism asserts that there is something identifiable 
as an American nation distinct from other nations. I said only distinct from other nations. Mm -hmm. Not better, just distinct. (laughs) That American nationhood is and should remain defined by Christianity or Christian cultural norms and that the American people and their government should actively work to defend, sustain, and cultivate America's Christian culture, heritage, and values. I think this is a definition that is worth considering. That's good. Ah, way to make that make, was very way, diplomatic. That's very diplomatic. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's very good. So should I break it down? Let's yeah, let's do it. I yeah. Was about to ask you so yeah, so the first sentence asserts that there is something identifiable as an American nation distinct from other nations. I, again, I will state I did not say better, <laughs> distinct. So biblically, you can debate the word nations. Right. Where does this come from? Mm-hmm. Some people believe nations happened because of the fall. And then people started dividing lands because if Adam and Eve didn't have a fall, there's all kinds of yeah, thought if you, process. If you want to take it to uh, Tower of Babel, yeah. you could market that as that was the moment that nations were born because right. you have different languages. Right. And different ten. languages yep. would eventually create their own cultures, right. which then would form their own nations because nations are full of people. So you can... You could say that that would be the moment that different nations were born. Right. So that's, for those that don't know, that's from Genesis 10 and 11. Yeah. So, but but the reality of that is there's no denying that the Bible recognizes geopolitical entities. Right. Known as nations. So because the Bible recognizes the legitimacy of nations in that sense, I would be considered a nationalist. <laughs> You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in nations. I think there is something distinct between my nation and someone else's nation. I mean, that's not a it's not a bad take. It's not not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, we recognize that America is a different nation than Mexico and Canada. Yeah, for sure. That are just to the north and south of us. Yeah. Two different nations. We have United Nations. Yes. We have NATO. We have like yeah, that yeah. exists. We have borders yeah. between states and countries. So whether you want to argue that that's because a consequence of the fall or not is not really the debate here. The debate is whether there are actually distinct nations. And the answer for me Obviously, is yeah. there is. Well, you know, there are people who believe that we shouldn't have borders and all kinds of stuff. We won't go there. Okay. So then the next part is... Listen to our good episode. Oh, man. Here we go. So the next part is obviously that American nationhood is and should remain defined by Christianity or Christian cultural norms. Mm -hmm. And this is a piece that I think lots of people... It's contentious. Yeah, it's contentious, but I don't think it's... It's not as contentious as the next sentence. That's true. And the reason why I say that is because... There was a time in American history that majority of people did believe, even if they weren't Christians, they did believe that our country was defined by Christian norms. So I'll give you a quote from a 1892 court case, the Church of the Holy Trinity versus the United States. And this is from a Supreme Court justice. His name is Justice David Brewer. And he put this into his opinion. And this is just one way of telling you how people functioned and thought about the United States back then. So I'm just giving you an example. And he wrote, quote, Christianity, general Christianity, is and always has been part of the common law. Not Christianity with the established church, but Christianity with liberty of conscience to all men. And in this opinion statement, he has given so many examples of how the laws that we have in our country have their origin in Christianity. So thou shalt not murder. Right. Thou shalt not steal. Yep. There's just so many. There's a litany of laws that have Christian origin. Yeah. So he's like, with that being said, he concludes this with the statement that basically says, quote, these and many other matters, which might be noticed at a volume of unofficial declarations to the mass of organic utterances that this is a Christian nation. Later on, after his statement, he wrote, we constantly speak of this republic as a Christian nation, in fact, as the leading Christian nation of the world. Again, I don't think he's trying to say that 
this is a Christian nation, as some people think and as some people would say, I think you're about to give an example, which is Zambia. Yeah, so Zambia's so there, you have two examples. Um, well, I'm going to read the preamble of the U.S. Constitution, and then I'm going to read the preamble of the Zambian Constitution. Okay, great. So the U.S., the preamble of our Constitution says, We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, enter domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our, prosper- and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. So nothing inherently well i mean there is inherent christian in it but not nothing explicitly saying that we are a christian nation right contrast that with the zambian preamble which says we the people of zambia acknowledge the supremacy of god almighty declare the republic a christian nation while upholding a person's right to freedom of conscience belief or religion uphold the human rights and fundamental freedoms of every person commit ourselves to upholding the principles of democracy and good governance resolve to ensure that our values relating to family morality patriotism and justice are maintained and all functions of the state are performed in our common interest confirm the equal worth of women and men in their right to freely participate and determine and build a sustainable political, legal, economic, and social order, recognize and uphold the multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-religious, and multicultural character of our nation and our right to manage our affairs and resources sustainably in a developed system of governance, resolve that Zambia shall remain a unitary, multi-party, and democratic sovereign state. Uh, recognize and honor the freedom fighters who fought for the independence of, the, of our nation in order to achieve liberty, justice, and unity for the people of Zambia, and direct that all state organs and state institutions abide by and respect our sovereign will, do hereby solemnly adopt and give our give to ourselves this constitution. So, at the very top of this, the Republic, a Christian nation, is very much established that Zambia is operating under Christian ideas. So, you could say that all of Zambia they're all Christian nationalists because they say that they are a Christian nation. I know that's, again, the term's contentious in and of itself, but you could say that anybody who is from Zambia is a Christian nationalist because their country is defined as a Christian nation. Mm. Or you can say that Zambia is just a Christian nationalist state. Yeah. That, right. But they're, <clears throat> not a the, but they're not a theocracy. Yeah. They're not the Holy Roman Empire. Where the Pope was the president, mm-hmm. I th- it's the difference, and I think as we'll get into is that even like the people who are staunch advocates of Christian nationalism don't actually want that. Mm. They just they they don't want control. They want a pastor to control the presidency. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. They don't yeah. want those intertwined, but they're very close. <laughs> yeah, and and we can get more into that. As we go through some of the other pitfalls of this, um, so I think the third third sentence out of this is what's really the rub mm-hmm. in all of this, which basically sums it up. It says, um, "Individual Americans and the United States government should work to defend and promote America's America's Christian culture, heritage, and value." Again, I said American indiv- uh, individual Americans and the United States government should actively work to defend and promote Christian culture, heritage, and value. So this is where the rub is. Uh-huh. Um, I think the I think Miller, so the one who wrote this, thinks that this can't be done, and so he 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 basically makes a determination that this is not possible. Mm-hmm. This is an impossibility, but. I would push back on that by saying that Justice Brewer said that, so it is possible. It's possible. It's an undercurrent. Christian Christian value, Judeo-Christian values is an undercurrent to many of the things that our country believed in back in 1890s. Right. So it's there. Yeah. I don't think that's a, that's not a widely debated topic. I think even like atheists, I mean, I remember Bill Maher even has talked about that Mm. where he recognizes that there are some Judeo-Christian values mm-hmm. that exist within our nation today. Yeah. Now he does he's and he's a an atheist. Yeah. So but it, it even goes to point out that justice, 
David Brewer was a Supreme Court justice, so he probably was very familiar with the First Amendment, which says, I, I hope so. <laughs> Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion. Right. So, so he's not advocating for a, a federally mandated state religion. That's correct. Which is what people think when they think, when they say America is a Christian nation. Right. But he's not saying that that's what Christian nation means. Yes. He's, he's saying, saying that there, there's are, an undercurrent. So it's like right. when we say like it quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, right. it's a duck. Yeah. So he's saying like there's just this undercurrent, underlying belief. Maybe this is part of the social imaginary conversation oh, we uh-oh. had. Oh, bringing it back. Yes. Again, I still haven't fully defined what that meant, but I think it's the idea that society had this image of what society looks like. And I think it comes from, it's that undercurrent. It's that even though I might be an atheist or someone might be an agnostic or someone might be Buddhist or someone might be Hindu, it's like there is still an underlying current of Christian, Judeo-Christian values. Are you saying that America, that Christianity was, is or was, depending on how you look at it, the cultural hegemony of the United States? I, I mean... Which cultural hegemony is just the dominance of right. the, of culturally diverse society by the ruling class. So, like, it's basically like, what is the most dominant culture in at times? And there are varying different definitions and ways you can take that. Yeah. But you could say that from the beginning of this country and even into, like, current year, that yeah. the dominant culture, yeah. so to speak, is Christianity given our laws and practices. Yeah. Maybe we wouldn't even say in recent or modern times. It's probably more like several decades ago. That's how people would have felt. But we still like our like our justice system still operates under that. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, we put people in jail if we murder. Like why is it wrong to kill someone? Right. It's because that's a commandment. Thou shalt not kill. Yeah. And because, it's a more, and yeah, that's and right. Every human being is created in God's image. Life yeah. is sacred. So yep. that's, you have, you would have to take it back to where, where does the moral law come from? Yeah. It's the moral law giver. Yeah. Ravi Zacharias. Or even Tommy Nelson who says everyone is an atheist until they want justice. Exactly. And wrong is done to So that. the themes of freedom, justice, and mercy exist in our country because that comes from the Bible. Yes. Because God himself Gives us freedom, exacts mm-hmm. justice, and provides mercy. Yeah. And, and that goes back to what we believe the government should be doing, which is promote righteousness and truth, punish evil. Yeah. Yeah. And execute justice. So you could, in a sense, say that Christianity is still dominant in our criminal justice system, just based on how laws operate. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hey, I mean, hey. yeah, I could be, I could be wrong, but I think someone would have to change the laws. If, if that wasn't the case. Yeah. Like, cause where, what, in what other religion do you have that? Yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> if anyone knows, let me know. But yeah, it's, it's the fact that morality, and that's why it goes again, back to the reality that the goal of government is to promote righteousness and just say, this is reality. Yeah. And and we believe that murder is wrong. We believe theft is wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just go down the list. We believe adultery is wrong. Now, right. you can say in the moral code today, that might well, adultery be not shifting. A, it's not illegal. Right. So. It's not illegal. Yeah. But, yeah, there's there's something wrong about it. Right. We know, we know in, every, I think every human being knows somewhere deep inside of us yeah. that adultery yes. is wrong. Because there, it exacts a brokenness. And then when the government or when legislation does not back that up, we think something is wrong. We are like, this is not right. Yeah. Something need the justice needs to be done. You ever heard the term, you can't legislate morality? You ever agree with that term? Um, no, I yeah. don't agree with that term at all. Yeah, it doesn't, it, like, as I've gotten older and I keep hearing that term, I used to believe that term. I used to believe that that was true. Oh, like I did you, too. That you can remain neutral, but every human being has a sense of justice and morality. Yeah. So our politicians, they, their legislation comes from an act of morality because they see a wrong and they want to right it. Right. Like you, you can't separate the two. 
we're not autonomous beings Mm-mm. like that. Yep. So yeah, so that I think that's a good that's a good definition. Let's talk about some bad takes. Oh, so let, bad takes. We have we kind of have two different camps. At least I at oh, least I no. do. Yeah, you and I both do. So there's what I define as the cultural left side of the argument, or I will say the critics. The critics, yeah. yes. And then there are the there's the cultural right, which would be the advocates. Advocates. Yeah, the yep. advocates. So let's start. Let's start with the cultural left. And I have a quote here. And we have the same quote. So I'm going to read it. It's a pretty it's a pretty deep one. And you ask any person who probably lines up in this particular sphere. I actually asked a coworker of mine who leans left. He's like a left libertarian. Yeah. And it like I flat out was like, what do you think when I say the words Christian nationalism? He's like, man, it kind of scares me. And he actually did refer to Christian nationalism as, as a form of fascism akin to Nazism. Yep. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, if you, if you're in that, well, also, if you also get to the cultural right, you could, in the way they define you it, you can see that. Yeah. So yeah. let me read, let me read this quote. It says, I believe that the single biggest threat to religious freedom in the United States today is Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism is antithetical to the constitutional ideal that belonging in American society is not predicated on what faith one practices or whether someone is religious at all. The political ideology that seeks to merge American and Christian identities is deeply embedded in American society and manifests itself in a number of different ways. Some more obviously harmful than others. The most violent expressions such as what we saw at the January 6th, January 6th insurrection got most of the attention, but the more subtle ones like state legislative efforts to promote the teaching of the Bible in public schools or to require the posting of in God we trust in public schools and other, pla- other public places are also dangerous in that they perpetuate the false narrative that to be a true American, one must be Christian and often a certain type of Christian. Christian nationalism undergirds a number of threats to religious freedom, including anti-Muslim bigotry, anti-Semitism, and government-sponsored religion. So, Ooh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big one. That's a big one. So, yeah, I think a lot of people who line up, the critics would say that that's where they line up. That's what they think about when they think of Christian nationalism. That is mm-hmm. a very bigoted, authoritarian, fascist worldview mm-hmm. that seeks to demean minorities in the marginalized communities it has this umbrella of authority which mm-hmm. i'll talk a little bit about that if you've watched shiny happy people the the duggar family where that it seeks to oppress women and it is only beneficial to a specific type of christian which if you want to take it to what they believe it white christian nationalism yep. so the white part or even further out white male Christian nationalism. So I think a lot of people, when they think of, at least the critics, when they think of Christian nationalism, they're thinking of one specific type of person, which is a white heterosexual male. And, and this is supported also. So I think that, that quote comes from Amanda Tyler. Yeah. Right. She is, um, just to give a little background, she is the executive director of the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty. Mm-hmm. So that is where that comes from. The person that also joins her in that same definition is Dr. David W. Scott. He is United Methodist Church historical researcher. And he, quote, says, American Christian nationalism has tried to define the United States as a native white Protestant nation and exclude all others, Catholics, African-Americans, indigenous peoples, immigrants, Jews, Muslims, etc. So it goes along the same lines as what you were just saying. White Protestant nation. Yeah. Yep. And that's why people did think that people would say that this is akin to to Nazism because Mm -hmm. that's what Hitler was trying to promote where he was. He had a specific type of person in mind for his master race Mm -hmm. and it was the white protestant male yeah blonde hair blue eyes yeah so that's why people they see that and they see people like that and they are like this is why this is one of the most dangerous things it's in fact anytime you google this or you look up anything that kind of leans a little bit to the left in terms of media yeah that's they always say like this is the most dangerous thing the biggest threat this is the biggest threat to american democracy that exists and And their biggest example is 
January 6th. Yeah, that's yeah. their big it's the it's because it's the most recent example. Yeah. The other the other one was um Russell Moore in Christianity Today. He wrote Christian nationalism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christian nationalism is a libertarian theology for white people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness." Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, it's not obviously there are some things that you know that we don't agree with in mm-hmm. that. But but there are some things that are to be explored in that. Like yeah. I think part of this quote where it says the require of posting and guard we trust in public schools and public places. I think some, I don't know. I think when we say in God, we trust, I don't, I don't know if that's ever really meant the Christian God or the God of the Bible. Yeah. Like it could be a different God. We don't oh, know. 100%. I mean, like that's, you and, do you, we, I, don't, I don't know if you and I have this sentiment, but it's like anytime you hear a worship song as a Christian yeah. and all they say is God, 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 and they never mention Jesus. You're like, mm. Mm, that could be a little confusing. Yeah, it can be. But also, a lot of the songs, Christian, contemporary Christian music, if you do listen to it, the character of the God that we sing about in Christian music right. doesn't fit other gods. Right. Especially a God that will die and sacrifice himself for us wretched sinners. Right. That yeah. doesn't happen in any other religion in the world. Yeah. So anytime that, we see in the American sphere or at right. the back of our money in God, we trust. I don't really know if that's the God that they're talking about because yeah, there are specific ways that we as Christians describe God in the way that we recognize God because the Holy Trinity, right? You know, you have Jesus, but the God, God that, Spirit. right. But the God that we talk about Jesus Christ is not a God that any, it is a God that not a lot of people want. And we know that from John 15. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I do agree with part of this definition too, is that um, they believe that, you know, Christian nationals believe that the only right way to be an American is to be a Christian and, and it undergird and it's anti-constitutional. Right. I agree with that statement because it is because it, you know, we just, you just read the, didn't you just read the first amendment? Is yeah. that going to go? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, Congressman, no law respecting the establishment of religion. Yeah. So yes, that but, I I agree with their sentiment of yes. that saying that they're that Christian nationalism is anti constitutional because it does go against the First Amendment right. because it espouts that Christians are trying to mandate a state religion. Which right. Is, so um, before we get into that, this is the biggest word salad of of a definition, but it seems like this is the one that lots of people cling to from the cultural left. And this one comes from Andrew Whitehead and Samuel Perry, author of taking American America back for God, Christian nationalism in the United States. So the way they frame, the way they say it is quote, it's a cultural framework, a collection of myths, traditions, symbols, narratives, and value systems that ideologies and advocates, a fusion of Christianity with American civil life. By Christianity, they're not referring to, quote, all expressions of orthodox Christian theology. Rather, the Christianity of Christian nationalism represents something more than religion. Mm -hmm. It includes assumptions of nativism, white supremacy, patriarchy, and heteronormativity, along with divine, divine sanction for authoritarian control and militarism, it is an ethnic and political. It is as ethnic and political as it is religious. End quote. Greatest word salad ever, because it is now at the point where you're just like you, mi- you missed the you missed the last part of that, where Christian nationalism contends that America has been and should be distinctively Christian from top to bottom in its self identity, interpretations of its own history, symbols, values, and public places, and aims to keep it that way. There you go. Yeah. So that is. What they're thinking of it is the way I defined it earlier with Paul Miller is like they're totally they're looking at Christian nationalism totally differently. Uh One is like one, it was defining it as should should we defend and sustain and cultivate a American Christian culture, heritage value? Mm -hmm. Not saying that it should be a Christian nation, but is there some truth to those things that we should value and keep and then this one's just it's all about white supremacy yeah 
It's basically white supremacy. It's basically white supremacy. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Um, so let's move over to the right side of the aisle. So the advocates. The advocates yeah. of of Christian nationalism. And I have a quote. Here we go. From Senator Lauren Lauren <laughs> Boebert. Boebert. <laughs> and I don't know why this quote spoke to me, but I liked it. But it's it's similar to what a lot of people who would define themselves as Christian nationalists say. And it says, the church is supposed to direct the government. The government is not supposed to direct the church. That is not how our founding fathers intended it. And I'm tired of this separation of church and state junk that is not in the Constitution. It was in a stinking letter and it means nothing like what they say it does. Quote, end quote. <laughs> Again, I, I understand where she's coming from. <laughs> she also, this is Congress, this is a Colorado congresswoman back in said September. Senator, wow. Yeah. She's a congresswoman. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. It don't. Maybe it does. All right. So September 2022, she said, I believe there have been two nations that have been created to glorify God. Israel, whom we bless, and the United States of America. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) This. So this is the advocate's side. That's the big one. Yeah. That's the big one. But this, this is, again... I said earlier, the critics have bought into a lot of bad ideologies about basically at the end of the day, it's white supremacy, it's race baiting, it's all that stuff. Militarism. Basically, when they say militarism, it's Nazism, all that. But the advocates have not bought into any better of an idea. No. Which from their side, what what they ultimately believe in is that there is some kind of special relationship with with God that is above that of any other nation. Right. So they believe that there is something really sacred about America and that it was ordained by God for a special role in ushering the kingdom of God. Yeah. And it is in their opinion, our job as Christians to take it back, to take back our country to its original Christian roots and to root out all evil and establish a kingdom here on this earth which you know we don't agree with that at all that's that's wild like i'm sorry have you read the bible yes it does not end well for that it does not end well for that yeah Yeah. so there are particular types of organizations that establish this i mentioned shiny happy people earlier Mm. so which talks about the duggar family if you don't know about that look it up on uh look it up it's on amazon prime it's a pretty short documentary but it talks a lot about this type of ideology, which stems from the IBLP, which is the Institute of Basic Life Principles, headed up by Bill Gothard, or at least was at one point. Mm. But there is a, I mentioned umbrella of authority, where there is an establishment of God being the head above all things, man, and, and by man, I mean male, being the under the authority of God, and then woman being under the authority of male with children underneath that. Mm. So they use that in the most toxic way imaginable. Mm. And anytime you have groups like these, and there's even a group called the jo- the uh, the Joshua Generation, which I just learned about recently because I just watched the latest episode, which seeks to inspire and train young people to uh, espout Christian ideas in a very Christian nationalistic type of way. Mm. Anytime you hear about these organizations, and this is the whole point of the documentary, they are rife with sexual abuse scandals, mm. tons and tons of abuse. And, and it, and it does lead to the left's idea of Christian nationalism, right. which seeks to oppress women and to oppress minorities because there are groups that actually are doing this yes. because right. they believe so har- wholeheartedly that America is such a special nation and we need to be so militarized and forthright in our approach to espousing Christian ideas and taking back the government and placing people in the highest forms of government to do what? Be Christians? I don't know. But that is that is the goal of the advocates of the Christian nationalist. Yeah. Um, in fact, from the Whitehead and Perry book, uh-huh. there's an actual scale of how you rate yourself <laughs> on a Christian nationalist. Oh. So so let's let's get into the, so before we get into this part cuz that's a fun game. Yeah, this is a really fun game. So before we get into this part, uh, this idea that America has a special role or is special has made a special covenant with God um is not new. This has been around since the colonial times. 
Um, early settlers wrote covenants with God. And there are some people obviously who think that that's a very special covenant that they're like, they are part of the end times. Right. And yeah. So Philadelphia. Yes. <laughs> if people who read revelation oh. who are Christian nationalists believe that Philadelphia is related to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Please, I urge you to reread that part of the Bible because it is not related to Philadelphia. And he's frantically, he's frantically going to his Bible to read that because we're talking about the Church of Philadelphia. It's not Pennsylvania. Let's just let's 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 just get that out of the way because I once believed that when I was first trying to read Revelation, and Revelation is a like trying to interpret Revelation, try to read that. That's why you need good, solid biblical leaders and good, solid people who can interpret this well because it is such a it's it's crazy if you don't know what is to be said. But the Church of Philadelphia is not related to Pennsylvania, so you gotta read. Ain't that the truth? All right, so um, Revelations three, verse seven says, go. "And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, remember this was actual Philadelphia." <laughs> Yeah. Not Pennsylvania, but during the times of... Yeah, it's like times. ancient Turkey, yeah. basically. That's right. The words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. One day we will do a proper eschatology study of end times episode. Like to, part to, 5,000. Okay, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I It's going to take a minute, but one day we will do something like that. But yeah, just know that it's not about, it's not about us. It's not about, it's not about us. Yeah. And yeah, but I think people who are advocates of Christian nationalism believe that that's a part of us, that we are special in God's eyes right? in some sort of way, different yeah. than all other nations. So as we go into how should we as Christians think about Christian nationalism, this is the part of the survey. So when we see surveys like this, we really need to understand what they mean by certain words. Yeah. So as we go through this, we are going to dissect some of these questions yeah this will, this will probably be the the end part of our yes. of our discussion on this because this has been fun but yeah you can play with this at home if you'd like because i'm gonna read off all of this again this comes from andrew whitehead andrew whitehead in samuel perry's book taking america back for god so they're the word salad people. It's the word salad people and there are six distinct questions that weight you on what what where you at as a Christian? Right. Are you a rejector? Are you a resistor? Are yeah. you an accommodator? Or are you an ambassador? Yeah, you can score up to twenty four points. So let's go through each question. First question says that the federal government should declare the United States a Christian nation. GK, where do you stand? Oh, hold on. Let me just go through <laughs> it, and then and then we'll, then we'll talk about it. And then, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, you know, help me here. Uh, number two is the federal government should advocate Christian values. Number three, the federal government should enforce strict separation of church and state. The federal government should allow the display of religious symbols in public spaces. Five, the success of the United States is part of God's plan. And number six, the federal government should allow prayer in public schools. Now, how you score this 
is uh, for questions one, two, four, five, and six. Um, if you are zero, if you're strongly, it goes from strongly disagree to strongly agree, strongly disagree being zero, disagree being one, two being unsure, four, uh, actually, sorry. Agree. Zero, zero being strongly disagree, one being disagree, two being unsure, three agree, and then four strongly agree. But for the separation of church and state question, number three, it's in the reverse. So four points for strongly disagree, three points for disagree, two for unsure, one for agree, and zero for strongly agree. With all that being said, let's go through. Let's go through it. So we'll see where we land. And I'll answer for me. So number one, the federal government should declare the United States a Christian nation. I strongly disagree with that. So I get zero points. Yes. Amen. At, zero at, points. Where are you at? I am the same. You're Amen. the same. You're zero. Yes. So uh, <laughs> number two, the federal government should advocate Christian values. Strongly, strongly agree. agree. Right? <laughs> so as Christians, we, again... Listen to our voting episode and listen to this episode where we believe that we should have people that should advocate for Christian values because it's about truth, justice, righteousness, and mercy. Yes. Thou shall not murder is a Christian value. Yeah. yeah I want them promoting that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's four yeah. points. We're, we're both sitting at four. Yes. <laughs> and then number three, the federal government should enforce strict separation of church and state. Um, I actually am unsure about this one. I'm unsure. So I'm at a two. Okay. So I'm at six. Where are you at? I want more clarification on strict separation of church. That's why I said I'm unsure because I don't know what they mean by that. So what did Bobart? She said. Yeah. Lauren Bobart. Yeah. That's a, that's a big component of the advocates of Christian nationalism is that they don't believe in separation of church and state and the reason why they don't. And the, the, I, so here, let me, let me kind of help you or help expound on her sentiment. And the reason why is because when the constitution was written, so John Adams had a, has a very famous saying, he's our first vice president. He's our second president of the United States. He actually wrote that our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people, and it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That is a really important point to understand what that means. So when they say separation of church and state, and the reason why it only shows up one time, um, and it was in a letter, is because there was a letter that was going... I think it was Thomas Jefferson who wrote it in a letter to someone about the separation of church and state. And what he meant by that is that the church plays a significant role in everybody's personal life. Their religion, their moral code plays a significant role in individual lives. So that is going to impact the way the church, the state functions. So he's saying, that there is people have a moral code that they live by. So naturally, if people who have a moral code work for the state or are Congress people in states, they would create legislation or they will enact and take actions yeah. that have moral codes built into it. But for the state to say, we are going to now do the reverse and we're going to impact the way the church thinks, that is where that sentiment is no the state does not dictate the way we think right and i it think is. the way they set that up is that the church of england yes. was that that's right that's right the king and even today yes like right now king charles yes they operate as kind of a religious figure yes as well as a political figure yep and it's the whole reason we wanted to get away from that right not we like yeah. they did yeah Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, America. So yeah, we wanted to get away from the theocracy. Yes. So that's why we created the separation of church and state. So but also, let me put this out there. God creates states. Yeah. God, God creates the man. federal government. God yeah. creates authority, government authority. So you can't separate God from the state. I know. That's why I say I'm unsure about yes. this one because I don't know what they mean by that. All right. Well, let's let's both go together as a two. So we're okay, so we're both at six points. Yeah, six points. We're doing good. We're, we're doing good. Uh number four. 
the federal government should allow the display of religious symbols in public spaces. This is also a vague question. Very vague because question. Because I, I agree. I'm going to be at three on this. Oh. So I agree. Because we're talking about the First Amendment, freedom of religion. So religious symbols, what do we mean? Do we mean crosses? Do we mean stars of David? Do we mean Quran? What are we, what are we talking about? Ah, I see. Okay. That's, like what religious symbols are yeah. we allowing? Yeah. I know, I know should, I talked about in our last episode how I don't think that the White House should have a, a cross flag between yeah. the American flag. Yeah. But I don't think that's what they mean. Unless they do, which I guess I'm confused by this question. So do you think public... So if you, I think if you go into Congress today where they do legislation, there actually is... It's either a painting or like a statue of Moses with the Ten Commandments. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've never actually... Have I been inside? Nope. I've been to D.C. I, I think that that's true. And, and if I'm wrong, y'all can cancel me. But... But you think, don't you don't like this one though, right? What do you mean? That aren't I, you aren't you? Am I in favor? No, because oh. we've talked about this. Yeah, you're I, not about the graven images. Uh, you don't just, like religious idols or statues anywhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just outed you there. <laughs> My bad. No, it's all good. No, but I, I want to know what they mean by that. Is it like? taxpayer money that's going to go into putting the Ten Commandments like out in the open I would at least in my opinion I I, would disagree I assumed that I can put a cross in my front lawn or that's private property so that's private that's what I'm saying is I can set up a business and have a cross displayed outside of my window yeah so when they say like the federal government should not display religious symbols in public should allow oh should allow that's why I'm saying Ooh. Should allow. I don't know if the government has any any hand in that. Okay. So more separation of church yeah. and state. I don't think the government has any reason to dictate that. And what religious symbols you're gonna have on your front lawn. Well, that's private property. We're talking about public spaces. Oh. Like out in the street? Yeah. Okay, what if it was state government? Should state government allow it? Because that's different. No, I mean, it's just, it's, to me, it's still government. It's still government. <laughs> okay. All I right. don't know. I'm going to go unsure. This unsure. is a really confusing question. So we... We need I'm, clarification. I'm at... Sam and Andrew. Okay. Andy. So you're... I just lost count where we're at. I am at eight points. And I'm at nine then. Because yes. I just went one... Okay. Yeah. Eight and nine. Cool. Cool. All right. We're at resistor territory right now. Uh, okay. And then number five. The success of the United States as part of God's plan. Strongly disagree. I'm at a zero. <laughs> really? I am at a four. You're at a four? And I will tell you Explain. why. Explain. Yes. This is a good one. Um, I'm like a Calvinist at heart. Okay. <laughs> and I believe that God has plans for everybody. But this is that specifically makes talking up. about the success of the United States. But they did not say a special plan. They just said a plan. Oh, gosh. Yeah, see. So to me, it just, I believe in, I believe that's providence. I guess, I think that to me, it, it, it is, it, it makes me think that, oh, that means that for, that means that God wants the United States to succeed, which means that we should do everything in our power to make the United States succeed. See, which I'm not like, we could fail. Yeah, that's maybe, maybe plan. that's what I would say. The success. And or failure of the United you're changing, States. Is part you're changing the way I know, they worded but it. But what I'm saying is that's providence to me. It's just success of my life is God's plan or not. It's like it's it's I'm like it's, every, everything is everything. part of God's plan. Yeah. Uh, that's God, what I'm saying. God's plan. Like God's plan. Yeah. Failures, successes, everything in between yeah. are a part of God's plan because yeah. he preordained uh our lives. I'm still gonna stand on four. As okay. a good Calvinist. Okay. Yep. All right. Not you saying got it. It, you got it, bro. Hey, they just need to clarify it more. Yeah. So yeah, I'm at nine. Where are you at? I am now at. You're at twelve. I think I'm at twelve. Okay. Yeah. Last one. Go. The federal government should allow prayer in public schools. I strongly agree with this one. I do too. Because where where are we talking about prayer? Are we talking about? prayer on your own are we talking about every morning before class starts you have to pray the the apostles creed i don't know <laughs> what prayers are we talking about yeah. 
I think they should allow prayer in public schools because, yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, I can pray on my own. Now, if we're getting into mandated, forceful admission, like forcefully yeah. making people pray yeah. to a God they don't believe in, yeah. that's where I'm like, nah. Yeah. I'm not about that. Yeah, I'm not about that either. So, but if we're just allowing prayer in schools just for people to pray wherever they want, yeah. I think I think that's basically my sentiment with the other one, which was question number four. The federal government should allow the display of religious symbols in public cities. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, you see crosses out on streets. Yeah, you see fine. people like, you know, with their flags, like they have it. So maybe I am, I am way more a Christian nationalist going <laughs> to them. Well, let's tally it up. So where, where am I at? I put me at 13, right? I think that, that puts you at 13. So I am the, I am an accommodator according yeah. to the scale. Good I accommodate Christian nationalism. Oh man. Okay. So if I... Change my number four to being like, yeah, the government should allow the display of religious symbols in public spaces. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Four. I am at a six. Is that? No. 18. Oh, an ambassador. I am an ambassador right. of Christian nationalism. Man, I knew it. I knew it. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But let me just give you a person I do like. Okay. So this is an incredible Christian brother in of of former days, Jonathan Edwards. I do disagree with this sentiment that he has, which is that he does as a as a good post millennialist that he is, which I am not. He he does believe that America has a special role to play in the fulfillment of the latter day glory that would usher in the kingdom of God. So. I just wanted to put that out there yep. that I am not as a as a I guess I guess now as a Christian as a, nationalist as an ambassador to as Christian. an ambassador of Christian nationalist oh, I do still disagree with um our brother Jonathan Edwards um because I would say he is definitely what I think the left believes about Christian nationalism oh. and the Christian nationalists believe about themselves yeah and so as an ambassador I might. Now be, what do you call it? Not a rhino, but or a dino. But what am I? A dino. You know, Democrat in name only. But oh, what would Repub- I be? Republican. But in now name I'll only? be a Christian nationalist. Christian in, it's a C. No, Christian. C N I N O. Christian in name only. <laughs> Christian nationalist in name only. <laughs> That's such a confusing <laughs> acronym. Oh That's man. That's what I am now. Well, yeah. So let me give. Can oh. I give some? application to people when do they it, do these we'll, things yeah do it and then we'll, we'll wrap it up yeah okay one uh just remember that the that the reason why it's so hard to de- this this specific topic is so hard to define is because this word this phrase has been used and and used to further people's agenda mm-hmm. and their own concerns yeah. on what christianity ought to be and what the nation ought to be mm-hmm. so with those two things two variables it makes this very hard to define so that's so just remember that people have agendas when they talk about this very thing so don't get flustered don't be intimidated by having these conversations just constantly ask for clarification like what we did, did. You, what did you mean by that yeah what did you mean by that don't be intimidated don't be silenced by them don't just like you know lay and play dead don't just go along with it because you don't want to be called one because I apparently am one now. We both are one, I guess. Yeah, I don't that's know. right. And um, be very mindful. There's a lot of great Christ- Christian leaders that have made a lot of influence in our culture and in modern culture that have also bad theology and bad beliefs when it comes to this very topic. So be very aware of that and be mindful when you read some of these things. Um some people that come to mind are like David French. He has very, he has a very poor understanding of what Christian nationalism is. Mm-hmm. So, just, just remember that when you guys read some of these things, um, learn American history. Yeah, it is. It is just amazing. Like it really is amazing. And if that makes you feel like a colonist or something, just don't. It's I think history. it's important that we know our history. Yeah, I think it's important that we learn how this country is founded mm-hmm. the right way 
mm-hmm. and where we're at as a country. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and more importantly, read your Bibles. And 100%. Read your Bibles, understand what it means, and understand that, yes, there is there are nations yes. that exist in our world. But what does the Bible say of how we operate as citizens in this nation? Um, you know, I'm not going to yes. read all of Romans 13, but that's essentially part of how we operate as citizens in this nation. Yes. We talked about that in our, in our voting episode. But uh, one of my key takeaways was Christians should never, Christianity should never be used as a means of force or coercion. Yes, the Christian worldview is what we believe to be right. right. This is what we believe to be right. Is right. is a, a prescription to a fallen world. Yes. So this is what are we this is what we are prescribing to you. We believe that there is a better way to live than what you have been living. Right. It is a proposal, not an in we're not we're we're proposing, not imposing. Exactly. I don't know what the other word is for yeah. imposition. I don't know. And then in terms of the political sphere, those that we appoint should not should not do should not do it in a way to advance their kingdom. Their agenda. But to advance his kingdom, that to advocate correct. for biblical principles, but right. not for the advancement of any political ideology or anything that mm-hmm. is related to their own personal worldview. Right. So, so re- remember the mission of the church, yeah. who we are today. Jesus was not a political activist. No. He, neither is the no- local church. That is not what he called us to. We are not called to establish a Christian government. We are called to make disciples. Amen. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mike, drop. Happy July 4th. We out. No. <laughs> but let let us know if you actually did this scale and let us know where you fall in the Christian nationalism scale. Please, I would we would love to know where you where you fit in this. Please, someone, I would love to hear join this. Me join me to the very jo- far right. <laughs> join James as an ambassador or join us, join me as an accommodator. Or if you're a rejector, I don't know. But let us know. Email us at walkingshoepod at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram at walkingshoepod with underscores in between. Hope you have a great, safe, and fun July 4th. Be careful. We'll see you next time.